Hey, hey, Rebels. Today we are going to the dark side, the dark side of online business. This is the podcast that I host with Maggie Patterson called Duped. And during this podcast, Maggie and I have a fascinating conversation about predatory pricing practices in the online business pyramid scheme. Let's face it, there's a lot of downright terrible advice and business practices around pricing. And Maggie and I try to debunk them all. So if you haven't checked out this episode of Duped, please do so. And you can find all things duped at duped.online. Enjoy this episode and I'll be back in your ears next week with a brand new Rebel Uprising podcast. We've all heard it before when it comes to pricing. Charge what you're worth. Just raise your price. Play big. Pricing is one area of online business that's full of bad business advice. In this episode, we're diving into predatory pricing practices in online business, including answering the question, is this just one big pyramid scheme? Let's do it. Welcome to Duped, a limited series podcast which explores the dark side of online business. If you've ever felt like you've been duped by a celebrity entrepreneur or coach, or watched with wonderment while people do downright dirty things to grow their business, this is the show for you. I'm Dr. Michelle Mazur. And I'm Maggie Patterson, and we're two seasoned communications pros. And we've got a lot of questions about the practices, strategies, and tactics that are all too common in online business. In Duped, we're going to pack all of it with a focus on why it's happening, what we need to know about it, and more importantly, what each of us can do about it. Let's do it. One of the most critical factors in running your business is your pricing. Regardless of your business model or industry or anything else, your pricing can literally make or break your business. Pricing is complex and nuanced, but it's also really important to your business. This is why we wanted to talk about what we see happening in the online business world and how these pricing practices are messing with all of us. So Michelle, I know you and I have had this ongoing dialogue about the lack of business experience and how that factors into pricing as we talk about it today. So I think that's a really great starting point. So what's your take on this? Yeah, I totally agree because so many of the people who come to online business we're experts, like we have skills and we have created a business around our expertise, our skills, our experience. And that means we really don't understand what it's like to run a business. And I'll say even for myself, like I came from corporate and when I started my business and I I had some business acumen, but there was so much more I needed to learn. And I think when we have this lack of business expertise, it's it makes us a target for yes. people to come prey on us because we need the knowledge. And so pricing just becomes one of those things that we can be told like, it's your money mindset or just play big because we don't know any different and we don't really know how to price what it is we do. Yeah. And this is exactly why for this episode, we do not want to get in the bogged down in the nuts and bolts of specific pricing tactics. 
I know I've talked about that a ton and we've talked about in previous episodes of Duped. I'm going to keep it at a really high level. We want to look at pricing culture and myths and then three of the ways it's impacting us as consumers and as business owners. So diving into the myths, um, let's be real. Pricing impacts of so much of what you do in your business. It impacts how you feel. It impacts your ability to pay yourself and earn a living. It determines how you pay your team and how profitable you are. It's also a factor in how you're going to market, position, and sell your services. So, Michelle, I would love to know for you, you know, how it has impact how you felt about your business and how you were running it. Yeah. So, I was one of those people who chronically undercharged for years. And there was just this level of frustration that I think you feel when you're undercharging that you're putting in, especially the work I do. It's very creative. It's very time intensive when I'm working with a client. And so when you're undercharging, you get this feeling of frustration, like you're just not making the money you should be making, even if you feel like, okay, I'm charging pretty well here, but I'm only keeping 50% of that as my owner's pay. Yeah. So it doesn't feel like that fair exchange of value. And I also think that it impacts, and I, and this can be a pricing myth too, that, you know, like if you charge more, you get better quality clients. And that is true in my experience because now that I am charging with what's commiserate to my experience, my expertise, the transformation, the value my clients get, the amount of time it takes me to do the thing, um, I notice that I get clients who are highly committed to the process, who finish, whereas I was undercharging before, I'd have people just disappear and never like book their final sessions. And that just said a lot to me about the, the seriousness of their commitment. But I also think it was part of my pricing problem. And it sucks to feel frustrated and crappy and feel resentful towards your clients. And now that I'm charging more appropriately, my business is more profitable. I feel more energized and I feel good about the clients I'm serving. I love them. I'm so lucky I get to work with them. And it just changes the whole experience of your business. That said, Michelle is at a reasonable price point for her level of professional expertise. And you're not falling into the trap of, well, I'm going to charge $50,000 for the transformation. (laughs) No, I would not feel good about that. (laughs) Yeah. And I think for me, it always comes down to that fair exchange of value. And, you know, all of this comes down to, you know, pricing is really important, which is why these pricing myths are stories that are so, so common in online business. We do want to unpack them. So the number one, And I think we all know I have a real pet peeve about this one is this idea that's becoming more and more prevalent that you should hide your price. It's become very trendy to not disclose your price. I'm just going to say it, F-bomb incoming. This is some fuckery. You know, (laughs) I just, it, it irritates the shit out of me. You head to a sales page, you're pushed to an application to book a call or watch a webinar. And this actually happened to me three weeks ago. I sent to Michelle and I said, you know what? I would have actually signed up for this. I was actually really interested in this, but there's no price. So it's it, like you literally just lost me right there. Mm-hmm. The idea behind hiding pricing is that you can't trust your would-be client to decide without being coached. Well, guess what? I'm a grown-ass woman. I know what I want. I know how to spend my money. I don't need you to coach me. So the idea that you need to give me more context um, so you can handle me is, is outlandishly offensive. 
I think it's really easy to look at this and go, hey, it's a sales process issue. It's just a preference in how you do things. But I'm going to just say right now, from my perspective, it is a pricing one. Is, is It's a tactic that is being used to manipulate consumers into paying higher prices. So, Michelle, I think we know I don't like this tactic. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I fucking hate it. <laughs> so don't hold back. I- I know. I have a lot of anxiety. And when I get into a sales conversation with another service provider or a coach, I want to know the price beforehand. Because when I decide to book a call with someone, it's really about fit and if this is the right next step for my business. So I'm not one of those people Like, if you give me the price, I don't need to be handled. And secondly, if you give me a p- the price, my anxiety decreases. Like I'm at a point where it makes me so anxious, I will not get on a call with somebody who doesn't have their price because managing my anxiety around that conversation is just too much. And I worry about like, I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste their time. So I think it's, I don't, I don't need, I'm, yeah, I'm a grown ass woman. I do what I want and I don't need to be coached through a pricing conversation. I have a budget. I know what my budget is. You're either in it or you're not in it. And we don't have a comp, have to have a conversation to figure that out. Michelle, I think you're playing small again. I know, I can't even. But, you know, the reason we talk about this is because there's no transparency for consumers. And I will say, we're not talking about something that has, um, a changeable, you know, price like a custom service. We're talking about something that has a fixed price, like a coaching package or a program. It is the same for everyone that buys it. And then because of this lack of transparency, people are getting swindled during the sales process. We've talked about this in past episodes, but this lack of transparency hurts us as an industry. It means we have these ever escalating prices resulting in super fucking inflated pricing. We have a lot more to say on that, but from our point of view, hidden pricing only serves the seller as it manipulates the consumer into using a series of micro commitments and possibly coercion. So in-house persuasion expert, Michelle, Mm -hmm. can you talk about the persuasion aspect of this and how coercion is showing up here so that people know what to look for? And also what practices they may be taught that are seriously fucked up? Yeah. So there is a technique discovered by or yeah, discovered by Freedom and Fraser in 1966. And it's called the foot in the door technique. And the foot in the door technique is a compliance tactic that assumes agreeing to a small request increases the likelihood of agreeing to a second larger request. So initially you make this small request and once the person agrees, they find it more difficult to refuse <clears throat> the bigger one. So like in the study, studies they were doing, they were, one of them was like a political study where, you know, someone would knock on their door and say like, hey, can you sign this petition to support this candidate? And they would say yes, and they'd sign the petition, no big deal. And then they'd come back a couple of days later and say like, hey, since you signed the petition, can I put this like huge billboard in your yard for the candidate? Like it was, it was a really big sign they wanted them to put in their front yard. And people who signed the petition were far more likely to say yes to this much bigger request. 
So you can see how this can be easily manipulated, manipulated, right? So you go to a webinar where they walk you through their process and it's so great and they're giving you so much value. And then you feel like, oh, well, they're just asking me to hop on a call. That makes sense. And you say yes to the call. And then all of a sudden you find out it's $12,000, right? Like that, And it's harder to say no because you've made all of these micro commitments. So you've kind of changed your identity as a person who says yes. And then it's harder to refuse that much larger request because it causes some cognitive dissonance. Like if I'm a person who says yes and now I'm saying no, that's going to feel icky to you. And this, my friends, is the basis of Ascension Model Marketing, which is pretty much the underpinning of online business. Mm-hmm. And um, it's also our old friend sunk cost policy in action, right? Oh, for you sure. That, you spent that time and now you're like going to keep spending that time. And all of this to say, you know, we, from our point of view, as professionals, you do not have to hide your prices to be successful. My prices are not hidden. Michelle, are your prices hidden? No, they are on my website. I have a starting at price and I also have a pricing guide that people can download that walks them through how much it is and what it looks like. Yeah. And you know, this honestly goes beyond a myth into being full on hot mess, flaming garbage business practices. But again, just for the done for you service providers that require custom pricing, I'm not talking about you. It's okay. So moving on, the second one we see is magical mindset driven pricing. Oh boy. <laughs> so there's a lot of problematic stories that show up about how your pricing is really just comes down to everything about your mindset. And I, I will acknowledge like, yes, your mindset is part of this, but the way this is talked about in online business is utterly ridiculous. Not everything to do with money or pricing is a mindset issue, despite what the celebrity entrepreneurs of the internet would have us believe. Pricing strategies should be rooted in numbers with a layer of mindset work involved, not based on some ego-driven bullshit from a celebrity entrepreneur having a seven-figure mindset for your pricing. Or worse yet, the idea that you're entitled that to that pricing because you're high vibe. Michelle, what the fuck does high vibe even mean? I don't know. You have a good energetic vibration that the room can feel into. And, you know, if you give me your money, you can maintain that high vibe experience. It's it's word salad. It's just a bunch of bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, really, your pricing should not be based on like all these artificial things or like things. It should be based on actual factual information like your inputs for the cost of delivery, your cost of tools, the time to the industry you served, the clients you sell to, and much, much more. Your mindset may be a stumbling block as you do that, but it shouldn't be the primary deciding factor in how you price anything ever. So I would love to know, Michelle, what are some of your favorite examples of magical and mindset-driven pricing? I feel like that's all we ever see. <laughs> it's magical <laughs> yes, mindset yes. pricing, right? And there's this whole conversation around conditioning where we're conditioned to be under undercharging or we're conditioned to do this or that. And sometimes it's really just a lack of knowledge. Like we don't understand all the inputs that go into pricing or we don't understand where the money needs to go in our business. And I feel like in our, you know, in our society, we are super shitty at teaching women and even men like basic 
financial literacy skills. So instead of talking about this lack of knowledge of what goes into your pricing, we talk about the mindset and the conditioning. And it's probably because the mindset and the conditioning are way sexier to talk about than, hey, let's have a talk about financial literacy and your retirement and how your business is going to support you to eventually retire. We don't like that is not the conversation. That's super sexy. And here's the thing with money mindset. Like I've done money mindset work. I know you've done money mindset work, but we all need to be very acutely aware of the fact that it is weaponized against us. And a lot of that is rooted in systems of oppression, including capitalism. Nobody fucking talks about capitalism Like some people do, but nobody's talking about this. They're talking about, they're like skipping over every, like, it's like, we'll talk about all the other systems, but we will never talk about capitalism. I'm like, how can you have a conversation about money mindset, let alone your pricing without addressing capitalism? I know. When I was looking at the script for this, I was like, oh, is it your money mindset or is it capitalism? Uh, Yeah. And so all of that to say, you know, your pricing should not be based on any magical thinking about how if you sell two of these packages a month, you'll be all set. That's a one-way ticket to being broke. And Mm -hmm. if there's no actual demand for what you're selling, nobody really wants it. It doesn't matter what it's priced at. Slapping a high price tag isn't going to summon them in because you have a high vibe. No matter what anyone might be telling you in their Instagram ads, high pricing does not automatically attract clients or sorry, magnetize clients to you. Oh my God. (laughs) I feel like that's my trigger word is magnetize, (laughs) like magnetize your clients, your magnetic message. Yeah. Like we've talked before about how I hate that word. I literally, I am full on trolling Michelle and Voxer now. Every time I see something that's magnetic, I send it to her. So yeah, everyone should have a friend like me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and then I keep track of it because I know I can use it because I still, I still stand by my claim that if your messaging expert is telling, talking to you about a magnetic message, find someone else. (laughs) So the reality is, is we all need to consider what we can actually sell an aspirational 5k a month pricing or 10k a month doesn't mean anything if you're not making any money. Amen. Amen. All right. So speaking of which, yeah, this one's tough. So the closely related to all this is number three, which is the idea that you should charge what you're worth. This is like literally the worst downright terrible pricing advice. After all, how do you determine your worth? There's no way to put a price tag on it. We have talked about this before on the podcast. But what's interesting here is this myth is usually used as a way to get you to raise your prices, which isn't actually a bad thing. The real problem is that this type of oversimplified trope is literally how so many people in this industry are teaching pricing. So, Michelle, I I, I love your take on this piece of advice because I'm sure you feel about as annoyed and irritated and irrationally frustrated as I am. Yeah, it's it's trash advice, right? <laughs> um, and, and the reason why it's trash advice is that you are separate from your business. Your value, your worth is independent from your business. So let's not conflate the two. And anytime when somebody would tell me like, oh, well, you should charge what you're worth. I'm like, I have 20 years of experience. I have a 
PhD where I'm still paying off the student loans. If I charged what I was worth, no one would be able to afford me. It's just, it's, it's ridiculous advice. It conflates your worth as a human being and what you do in your business. And those two things are very, very separate. They are. And I do think this is literally the root of so many problems we have in online business today, because yes, your, your pricing should feel good to you, but it needs to be rooted in this little thing called reality. It needs <laughs> no. to feel good for your customers too. And let me tell you, I just really think this is like fit for the pit. And I mean, maybe the theme of this episode should just be like flaming trash advice. <laughs> That's the entire theme of this season. So I hope everyone's ready for like six more episodes of Michelle and Maggie are very hostile about things. We want to introduce you to something next called the Overton window. And this is defined by conceptually.org as the window of political possibility is in the range of ideas the public is willing to consider and accept. It's a political science concept, and it's used to explain how the public's acceptance of an issue like same-sex marriage shifts over time. Politicians can't just pick a policy. They need to act within that acceptable window. And over time, that window shifts as public opinion evolves. So if you take an issue like same-sex marriage in the 80s, the public opinion of that was very different than in the 2000s. Yes. Yes. So in the context of online business, there's a shifting Overton window in terms of what we're willing to accept in terms of pricing. And Michelle got really hot and bothered about this maybe about six weeks ago. So, and it was literally based on the experience and a very heated Voxer message. So can you share that with us? Yeah, this was the moment that I realized that the Overton window for what acceptable pricing is is has shifted. So I was on a consultation and this person hadn't downloaded my pricing guide yet. And so I told her, so my program where I help you create all of your messaging, you leave with a brand message guide, it's $5,500 for three months. And I told her the price and she's like, oh, wow, that's, that's reasonable. That's about what I can afford. And she was a newer business owner. And I, and I got curious and I was like, really? why do you think it's reasonable? She's like, oh, I had conversations with other people about similar work and they wanted to charge me like $17,000, $20,000 to do it. And I'm like, oh, wow, things have really shifted if we're thinking for a newer business owner that $5,500 is super affordable and right in line with what they're expecting. Inflation? <laughs> just kidding. I don't think it's inflation at all. I just think there's a lot of overpriced stuff or or not necessarily that it's overpriced, but there's a mismatch between what the market can spend on something and what these online business owners are actually charging. Yes. And I think a great example of this, if you've been in the online space for anything is, you know, the baseline for higher end online courses used to be about $2,000 mm-hmm. circa 2013, 2015. Then it crept up to 3000. Now those courses are no longer courses. They're high ticket programs and they're $5,000 or more. And all they've done is add weekly calls to the course and a little bit of support. 
Mm-hmm. And, and we'll that, be talking about group programs later in this oh, season. <laughs> I, I've got shings, lots of things to say. So the pricing window has moved and our expectation, our expectation of what we'll pay are higher. The problem is that the pricing hasn't increased because there's more value or better results. It's moved because of the relentless focus on finding ways to extract more money from consumers. There's been a sales job to convince us that these things are worth far more than they ever could be. This is not just the rising cost of running a business or living in this world. It's not about inflation. Michelle, what is it really about? It's about the online price tax. Well, really, I I just feel like these online business owners, if you listen to any of the breakdowns some of them put out, it becomes abundantly clear to you that their overhead is super high. Like their operating expenses are 50, 60, 70%, sometimes more of what it caught, what revenue they bring in. And so in order for them to basically maintain really high operating costs, which I'm including their own $25,000, $50,000 masterminds that they're participating in, because that stuff gets passed right back to you, of course, that's why the prices are so high, because the people who are at the, uh, I hate to give some of this away that we're going, the top of the pyramid need to keep their businesses running so they overinflate prices so that they can be profitable, like at least pay themselves, right? Maybe not pay themselves very well, but at least they are taking something home. And I mean, I there's always been an ongoing discussion in one of my masterminds, like my paid groups that I run about how my mastermind is affordable. As context, this is a $550 a month for 13 month payment. It's not inexpensive, but it's seen as very affordable anchored against the 25,000 and the $30,000. And I always joke, I'm like, well, do you want to just pay me $30,000 for the same thing? Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, no, no, no. But the discussion always comes up when we're having these chats is that um, the reason I can do that is because I've opted out of the online business bullshit. Mm-hmm. Those programs are super profitable to me because I don't have a ton of overhead because I have literally been like, I'm not going to work with a coach like that. I hire consultants for my business all the time, but I'm not bleeding money on trying to go to a $100,000 private island or prying private. Like I'm just, I'm not spending my money that way. And I'm not seeing that from a place of judgment. I'm seeing it from a place of like, this is literally what we're going to introduce to you now, the online price tax. Like, why mm-hmm. is the price so high? This is the question I ask myself. I know, Michelle, you ask it. Like, I look at prices and I go, what in the actual? So I want to just preface this with, please keep an open mind. What we're going to say next may not sit well with some of you, but it needs to be said. At the end of the episode, this is all going to fit together. Mm-hmm. So along with the Overton price, the Overton window moving, Online business is a problem with just inflated pricing. This is really the result of extractive business practices being used as seen as okay or even desirable to charge these inflated prices. After all, how are you going to hit those seven and eight figure business goals otherwise? The idea is that the price should be reflected of the transformation you deliver. The only problem is that the majority of cases, the transformation fails to actually deliver. Things like inflated income claims, the top 1% testimonials reinforce that the transformational, the transformation is completely inevitable when really it is not. So Michelle, 
I would love to know from your perspective, what's the deal with these inflated prices? Yeah, I have a couple of things to say here. Number one, going back to this marketing message around seven and eight figure businesses. And I keep going back to this 2019 American Express study that says that 88% of women owned businesses make less than $100,000 a year. And only 4.2%, of women business owners make more than a million. However, we are constantly fed this BS <laughs> that yeah. my version of success or, and needs to be this seven figure or eight figure business, even when we're barely making it like less than $100,000. It's really hard to have a good living, like own a house or invest in your retirement or any of those things. Like it's put food on the table. I was just going to say with current state of inflation, it's hard to buy bananas and put gas in your car. Like, yeah, exactly. But we're sold this dream. And so if you're promise this seven figure transformation, it makes logical sense like, oh, well, I'm going to have to pay like 20 grand or 25 grand for that type of transformation when really you don't have the money and the business owner doesn't you know, has kind of a hit or miss track record with actually getting businesses there. And then there's this all this other conversation is that seven figure businesses can be very hard to run. They are very money hungry, which is something we don't talk about. So instead of thinking about like, oh, well, what would be sustainable and profitable for you? And how much do you want to pay yourself? It's like, oh, no, I got to have an eight figure business. And so we just get caught up in paying these high prices for this dream of being a millionaire. And by the way, there are lots of different ways to be a millionaire. <laughs> Sorry, I'm totally ranting on this. But oh, there's a lot of different it. ways to be a millionaire, right? Like it, you don't have to do it just through your freaking business. And just because you have a seven-figure business doesn't mean you're a millionaire by any stretch of the imagination. Okay, I'm done. Uh, spoiler, spoiler alert. Many of these people who have seven-figure businesses will never be millionaires because of how they spend their money. And I mean, I'm just going to say I am judging them. <laughs> <laughs> I have my judgy hat firmly on and I'm okay with that. And here's the thing in all this, we want people to get paid well for what they do. Everybody mm-hmm. to get paid well for what they do. And we yep. are going to talk about hiring in a future episode because that's a whole other part of this. But we want you to consider that the pricing is simply designed to extract money with people with little regard for the result or well being, no matter what the sales page might be saying. I often look at prices in this industry and I am shocked. Like, and I I don't say that flippantly. I mean that in the most heartfelt way possible. They would never stand up in the real world. When a coach with no training and less than a year of experience is pricing their services at, you know, 2X or 5X what a professional or even a management consultant is, I have serious questions. Mm-hmm. This is the online business tax. If you are charging more than Accenture, we got a fucking problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that would that would seem to be true. <laughs> Where things are, you know, the reality of the all of this is that things are so much more expensive because it's online business and we need to invest at all costs because somebody 
aka the, the consumer, needs to pay for the luxury lives, lifestyle of those at the top of the industry. It's pure and simple. I mean, how are you going to go to a private island and fly private and do all these things if you don't have the bankroll for that? Mm-hmm. So what we see aren't pricing practices rooted in reality. It's just honestly bad pricing advice that results in inflated, unsustainable pricing that simply does not work outside of this industry. If I took this and showed this to my friends with you know, high-level corporate jobs, and I'm, that's not a flex or a brag, they would literally laugh, laugh me out of the building. They would be like, what the hell is that, Maggie? Yeah. It doesn't stand up. So how do you feel about the online business tax? Yeah, it's it's fascinating to me to watch the inflated prices. So I think it was about two years ago, I really wanted to find somebody who was social media savvy to go through the Three Word Rebellion book and pull out quotes that I could use on social media and give some like high level advice about how I could use some of what I've created. And I could have found somebody in the online business world, but what I ended up doing is I went to Upwork. I found someone who had been in, you know, working in social media for like a million years, who was a really good copywriter. And I think I was paying her like 60 bucks an hour or something, maybe 70. And she went through the book and she created like probably 10 pages of quotes that I could use on social media from the book. And I'm like, oh, and I I think all in, I maybe spent like $500 total on that project. If I would have hired someone from the online space, I probably would have paid double, if not triple for the same process. And here's the thing, at 60, $60 an hour, that person is being paid well. Yeah. To like read a book and pull out quotes. Yes. And she, she was, she, but she had the experience and the expertise and the savvy to go through a book and be like, oh, this is interesting. I think this would be do well on social media, which is what I wanted. Well, the funny part of it is too, that you A, would have probably hired someone online business for like $3,000. It would have been not as good. And maybe I'm just being a little facetious there. It might've been just fine. But the other part of the is, is like Upwork, you look at it like, like yes, there's some exploitative stuff going on there or any, any, any place mm-hmm. on the internet. But the reality of the case is you have people who consider themselves freelancers and they're not trying to build a big ass business. They don't have the overhead. So your person making $60 an hour is probably mm-hmm. way more profitable. You know, when I was way m- the most profitable in my business, when I wasn't in the online business world, because I barely had any expenses. <laughs> yes, that is very true. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the online business tax. And all this brings us to the point is we want to make about pricing in the online business world and how this is a vicious cycle. And we want to introduce you to basically where we've been heading for this entire episode, which is, um, friends, if we haven't figured this out yet, online business is really just a culty pyramid scheme. We are not saying that flippantly. We have talked before about how online business can be like an MLM or even a cult at times, because there are only a few people who ultimately profit the same way the person at the top of an MLM upline or who running the cult does. So Michelle, like, am I wrong here? 
No, no. I really feel that that is what we see with MLMs. I mean, it's the whole ascension ladder. And if we go back to the Nexium cult, right? Like that's how it started. You would go to a workshop and then all of a sudden it was a five day for like two grand or three grand. And then all of a sudden they want you to take a two week course. And that was like 10 grand. And it was just up and up and up. And there's never any end. You just have to keep climbing the ladder to get to whatever the promise is. And you, I mean, you kind of end up in a cult, you really end up losing yourself. And you can do that in an online business world. You can find yourself in a situation where you've been working with the same person for a million years, and you're paying $25,000 or $30,000 a year to be in their mastermind. And then one day be like, oh, wait, this person really doesn't have my best interest in mind. Exactly. And this is so much of the reason we have a moving Overton window and we have the online business task because we all need to charge more so that we can afford to continuously invest in these coaches and programs. I get it. This has probably made some of you really uncomfortable. It's probably a little painful for some of you who are having that moment. I know when I figured this out, it was a tough, tough one for me. Mm-hmm. But once you do figure it out, you're not going to be able to stop thinking about it. And that is why the most common pricing advice is that you need to charge more. And there's this obsession with high ticket pricing this industry for your coach to be able to extract. And I mean, extract $25,000 for their mastermind. They need you to be able to charge more in order to bankroll it. So I feel like this is super, super messed up. But Michelle, what are some other examples you can think of beyond the like, you know, the $25,000 mastermind we keep talking about? Yeah, I mean, it's, I feel like it's just all over the place. It it might not be the $25,000 mastermind, but it's keeping people hooked and dependent on the coach. Does that like, I mean, this isn't really about money, but it's like, well, it is about money because you keep paying the coach, but it feels like some of these programs can be just never ending. And it's like, once you're in, you're in forever. And so you just keep paying this person and they're not like, I can see like playing a service provider. Like I pay service providers to do things for me in my business. Right. (laughs) But it's just like program after program after program. And yeah, it's, it's very culty and it just doesn't sit well with me. Well, and this is why like, once you're like to use MLM terms, you're diamond, then you're going to be super diamond elite, then like ultra diamond platinum luxury. Like it's never, there's always going to be a new level. Mm-hmm. And all of this, it's the same way cults and MLMs operate. The parallels are extremely real, but the thing that really stands out to me is how the dream of success is sold. Yep. And how there is that ever escalating level of commitment. Please remember, I was very successful in direct sales. I know this firsthand. And, you know, the same messages I see in online business, I see in my cult documentaries, I remember from my MLM days, and we've all heard the message that we need to go all in and we should stop playing small. That has way more to do with keeping us trapped in whatever we're in, in that cycle of investing than actually helping us build or run our business. So Michelle, it's time to talk about our, our favorite doctor, Dr. Stephen Hassan in the bite model. 
Yeah. And there are definitely some things that we see with the bite model that are impacting pricing and keep this all in this pyramid scheme. Yeah. I mean, obviously emotional control is one of them because if you take a program and it doesn't work for you, um, is it that coach or leader's fault? No, no, it's not. It is your fault. You are always the problem. And in order to solve the problem that that program said it was going to solve for you, no, you really need to go into my higher level program, right? And then that will solve the problem for you. So we just, it's keeping people just feeling like guilty and they're not successful, not because the program didn't work for them, but because they're somehow fatally flawed, right? Yep. Yeah. And also behavioral control. There's the finance, obviously the financial exploitation, manipulation and dependence. But I I always think about the people who are kind of afraid to leave a coach because then they leave behind all of the connections. And this is like, like, this is the the real cost of exiting a cult, right? Like you leave a cult and you leave all the people behind that were once your friends. You leave your whole network. You leave financial opportunities. Like in that twin flame, we should hook that up. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Everyone go listen to twin flames because it is, it is, it is, it is all the something. things. Yeah. It is, yeah. I don't even have words. I'm still processing, but they would get these people hooked and then have them work for them on commission. So if they wanted to leave the group, they lost their support system, they lost all of their ways that they were making money. So there is that behavioral control. And I think that also leads to the whole information control, the whole in outsider versus insider, like people like us who do things, do things like this and the outside world just doesn't get what it means to be a seven figure business or the empire that you're trying to build. <laughs> and I mean, so I, I like need to lie down when I hear those things, I'm just like, oh my gosh, please. Make I know. It well, and it's just like, they tell you not to listen to what other, like, don't listen to what Warren Buffett's telling you about business building. Listen to me because I really know how to like make seven figures, right? So like, you're not supposed to take in other information or think about working with other coaches because they're just not going to get you or this approach you've been taking. Yeah. I just, I can't even, I'm just going to sum this up and then we're going to get into the what to watch for and some shit we saw on the internet. But online business is a pyramid scheme as really and truly only a few people are ultimately succeeding and you might meet with moderate success along the way, but you are lining the pockets of those above you in the chain. It is only when you can stop investing in all of these programs and coaches that you can clearly see how it impacts your pricing and your ability to be profitable. Personally, once I stopped buying into this bullshit, I didn't feel the need to charge more and more for my offers. I looked at the actual numbers and let that be my guide, not someone pushing their system on me. And that's not to say I don't still invest in things. I just invest in a very different way. And I I'm very thoughtful about those things. And there will never be a day where I join a $25,000. Maybe I should never say never, but highly fucking unlikely. So Michelle, I know you've been kind of through this cycle too of, you know, going through all this, 
having your bad experiences and untethering from this. So what does that look like for you? Yeah, I've realized now that my business is way more profitable and I'm constantly, every time I'm making an investment, like I always think to myself is like, does this mean I have to pay myself less? Because if it's going to cause me to go over my OPEX budget for the year, then I just know I'm not going to do it. So I am far more calculating. I also like... I am not a big program joiner, right? No. The one program that I'm in, it's very reasonably priced and I love it and I'll probably stay for as long as I want to, but that's like the one business building program. The other things that I'm paying for, like the, my most, my biggest expense is producing my own podcast and that is well worth the money because I am getting something back in return. Like I am getting some strategy, I'm getting podcasts produced every single week and I have a team that really helps me think strategically. So. I just feel like now that I've untethered, I am more focused on what is going to help me build wealth. Cause I'm turning 50 in a few years. And like, I really need to start thinking about the time that I'm not working. And, you know, seriously, like if I took $25,000 that I could invest in a mastermind and put it in my like 401k, that money would benefit me way more in the future than spending a year with some celebrity entrepreneurs. So yeah, it's just made me more cognizant of my money and making sure that the investments that I make are strategic. And it doesn't mean I don't invest. I still have a coach. I still do like make some investments like that into my business, but I'm not pulled into like every single course out there because I know how it impacts my bottom line and how I pay myself. Exactly. So as we wrap up, we want to leave you with some ideas on what to watch for as both a consumer and a business owner. So Michelle, do you want to kick this one off? Yes. The first thing is question pricing advice. Look at common pricing advice and myths and decide for yourself if they're relevant to your business. So much of what's out there in the online business world for advice is actually not proven advice. It is not solid. (laughs) It's beyond not solid. So do the math. Learn about pricing strategy. What factors should be considered with your pricing? Pricing should not be about your emotions, but it should be about your numbers. Yeah. And beware of the people peddling money mindset. Ask yourself, is it money mindset or is it I have a lack of knowledge about pricing or about money itself, or is it capitalism? (laughs) Probably all of the above. Speaking of which, don't believe the hype. From the allure of high ticket pricing to the hype of how you'll command high prices when you join a program, bring a critical eye to all of it. Remember, their price is justified every time you say yes. And finally, watch for tactics designed to manipulate. Tricky pricing tactics are everywhere in online business. So look at why things may be priced the way they are. Why is the price hidden? Why do I have to have a call? These things are all signs that your agency is being eroded and that your objections are about to get handled. 
All right. We will have the links for this episode over at dupe.online. But Michelle, it's time to talk about shit we saw on the internet. So I know you haven't have one ready to go. So I would like you to go first. Yes. I'm actually changing mine up from what we originally discussed. But- Uh-oh. Okay. I need, I'm not mentally prepared. I know. Well, I just saw something on Instagram and this goes back to ethical marketing. And we did a whole episode about what ethical marketing is and what it isn't. And this person was saying, like, here are the nine principles of ethical marketing. And all of them were very based in her values. Her values, not your values. But she was basically saying, like, if you're ethical, you need to take on my values. And then some of them weren't even really ethical principles. They were things like, hey, make sure your fonts contrast that they're readable. And I'm like, Okay, I can see how that might be an ethical dilemma, but not really. That seems just like good design practice. I'm all like, I can see it as an accessibility issue, but I just, anytime someone starts dictating what other people's ethics should be and that they have these nine ethical principles they're going to teach you in their program, like your spidey senses really need to like, be activated because they are still trying to take your agency away and kind of impose on the industry how they think business should be done. And I am never cool with that. I'm never, you're, yeah, I'm never going to be cool with that. So I lost mine. So I'm going to just talk about something you and I have talked about. I had it queued up and I don't know what I did with it. So welcome to Maggie's squirrel brain. (laughs) My squirrels are on ecstasy today and it is not good. So, oh, I think I found it. Hold on. Oh, thank God. All right. (laughs) Well, it was related to today's chat and I was like, where is it in my phone? So this idea, this idea, and it ties into the pricing slash who's responsible for the results conversation. Michelle, you know, I sent you this post and I was, I was, Maggie was big mad about this. It's this idea that you are the only one responsible for the results. And I see this in the online coaching slash business program space. I'm not going to say it's just coaches all the time. And it's the idea that you need to be ready and that you are responsible for the results. I, I'm sorry. I'm not even, actually, I'm not even sorry. I'm not even sorry a little bit. It is a metric shit ton of bullshit because <laughs> like you are, you are not ready. You get coached in these things. The practices we talked about today, the coercion, the manipulation, the information control, getting you on a call, not giving you the pricing, all of that shit. And this is why shit I saw on the internet is designed to make you Mm-hmm. overcome. It doesn't matter if you're ready or not. It's designed to overcome that. And then once you're on the inside, you're literally being gaslit. Mm-hmm. And I don't use those words lightly. I think we all know how I feel about that. You are being gaslit when you aren't getting results that it must be your fault. It is so fucked up. Well, so fucked and, up. 
And here's the deal, especially, you know, since I'm a messaging person, I always look at this through the lens of how things are communicated. If you go back to the program promises, these celebrity entrepreneurs are definitely over promising and they are promising things that are out of their control, right? So you'll make more money. You'll have a six figure business. You're going to be on all the best podcasts. You're going to get that book deal. And they don't they don't have control over any of that, but yet they're still promising it. And then that compounded with like the income claims where you see all of these people who've made, oh, $80,000 in the last launch and a million dollars last year. And then income claim after income claim, it kind of sets the expectation that this is going to be the program that gets you there, right? So that there is this level of responsibility the business owner has when they are promising things they know they can't control. And that gets me every single time with this like, oh, well, you're the one responsible for your results. Sure, I promised you all that shit on the sales page, but nope, it's all about you now that you've given me your money. And that therein is the problem because results are a partnership. And if you sell me something and then you switch it out later. How can I be responsible for the results I can't get? And I'm what I'm not talking about here is clients who buy things and like ghost or you know people who join a program and don't do the work. I'm talking about the people who put in an honest effort yeah. and don't get the results, which is mm, the majority of people. Well, and I think what's interesting is like the people who buy something then ghost, they are not the people complaining about not getting results, right? Like they're the first ones to be like, yeah, I bought this program and then I opened it once and never did anything with it. Like people tend to be very honest about that. They don't think it's magical that just buying something is going to make something happen. But it is, it's the people who, who really try, who invest the time and energy and then they don't see the results and then they're told, like, oh, well, it's not my fault that you didn't get, you know, your six figure business. It's your fault. Like you did something wrong. And that's you, you've got some responsibility because of those marketing promises you made up front. Yeah, it's super shady. And I have also just, you know, tangentially related to this in terms of the results. I've seen more and more kind of programs adding this kind of tiering of access to things based on mm-hmm. when you you hit certain milestones or whatever. And that's problematic in that if it, I only get that, whatever that thing is like a call or that bonus or whatever, once I hit that milestone, Mm -hmm. that's problematic because the person who's not hitting that milestone probably needs more hands-on support. Yeah. They probably need the call more than the person who is just like, killing it and doing and hitting those milestones. Yeah. Like I had a conversation with Sarah on my team yesterday and she said, Hey, so-and-so had some questions in one of the weekly calls. Do you want, and you know, she's struggling with this. And she said, like, I'm going to get on a call with her. I said, absolutely. I said, give a call to whoever needs a call whenever they need a call. Yeah. And it's not like we're just like doing, but like, if you're actually stuck, like what's 20 minutes. And I know we're supposed to be precious with our time and protect it from a pricing perspective, but like, can we just cut each other a little bit of slack and not act so garb, like garbage? Like it's just garbage, Michelle, Mm -hmm. garbage. 
Yep. So yes, um, you know, to sum this up, this is not okay. And if anyone is doing this to you, this is in the words of a little bit culty, I get the fuck out. <laughs> no, I think that sounds like a cult. Oh my God, they I mixed them all together. <laughs> but we will link up to those because, you know, we have had lots of conversation about cults and there's all kinds of resources. So with that, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We will catch you again next week. You can rate or review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Stay safe and don't get duped. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate or review us on Apple Podcasts so more people can find the show. To learn more about Duped, you can check out our website at duped.online for show notes and more details about your hosts.